All right, guys, this episode of the Industrial Marketing Show is brought to you by Tom Paul's amazing company, Pam Sale Enablement. Look, I'm an industrial marketer, just like you probably listen to the show. I remember getting this question all the time from my sales team. They would call me and they would go, hey, Matt, do we have this or this or this or this or this available? This catalog, this drawing, this PowerPoint presentation? Do you have a video of it doing this? And the answer was always, yeah, it's on our YouTube channel or it's in our HubSpot. Or yeah, it's on our website. If you go to this page, this page, or this page. And the problem was that all of my sales enablement content was all in different places for my sales team to access, and they had no idea how to get to it. So what did they resort to? Well, instead, what they would do is they would put it all on their hard drive, or they would try to organize an external hard drive, or they would pray that they had internet access and they access our FTP site. All of that basically made it very, very inefficient. Tom Paul and the folks at BAM have solved this problem. They have created an amazing software and mobile app that makes it easy for marketers to publish new content across a network for your remote sales team and distributors. Can't forget about distributors to access it. Look, this has calculators, analytics, push notifications, and more importantly, the most important thing I can not stress enough to you, they have an offline mode. Offline, you can access stuff without an internet connection. You can download it natively to your device and then show it. That's an amazing feature because when you have to sell stuff in North Dakota, you don't always have internet connection. So please, if you need sales enablement because your team can't access content, can't access collateral, can't show it to customers or potential customers in real time, check out BAM Sales Enablement. Check out Tom Paul's company. It is amazing. It is super cool. I've seen a demo of it. I was super impressed. I've shared friends of mine. They're super impressed. You should check it out if you need sales enablement help. It's not panacea, but it's going to help your sales team get the collateral you want them to get when they need it. So if you need more information about this, first off, we interviewed a customer of Tom, Dan Friedman from Eagle Crusher, episode 52 of the show. Check it out. Or my recommendation is to just go to bamsales.io and just book a demo with Tom. He will walk you through it in a very easy, low-pressure manner, and you can decide if it's right for you, okay? So BAM Sales, sales enablement for industrial companies, bamsales.io. Go now, okay? Let's get to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Industrial Marketing Show the number one podcast for marketers in the manufacturing space. And I am one of your hosts, Matthew Shinella. And I'm MJ Peters. All right, MJ, I called this emergency podcast. It was an emergency podcast. But um, this is uh, this is something that I wanted to get into when we were discussing kind of topics. Because, you know, we've talked, I think, a lot. We've talked about Facebook ads. We've broken down other companies' executions on like LinkedIn. We did it with DMG Mori. Um, we also did that with um, the Taser company, correct? So yeah. uh, I wanted to break down this one company who I've followed for a while. I've worked around them a lot. Um, I They run a lot of Facebook ads. And I think overall, they do a pretty good job of it. And I thought it was just worth doing a little bit of a, a teardown. It's going to be a kind teardown because I think they do a lot of things well. And there's a few things I think they could improve on. But um, I wanted to go the, the company first off. In order to follow along on this episode, if you want to, um, if you're at your desktop or even on your mobile, I would just Google Facebook Ads Library, get in there, and then you want to search for FANUC or FANUC is another pronunciation for the term, uh, FANUC America Corporation, F A N U C. 
And then what you're going to see when you go to their ads library is a lot of video advertisement across a variety of different market segments they serve in the industrial space. Now, if you don't know who Fanuc is, Fanuc has got to be the world's biggest industrial robot company. If not, they're one of they're definitely one of the top three. I am positive, at least in the welding space where I know them well from, they're the largest integrator of industrial robots in the country by a fairly large margin, if I'm not mistaken. I think Yaskawa, Motoman, and ABB are the other two major ones. And then you have KUKA a little bit behind them. But um, Fanuc's everywhere. They got really good cooperations with companies. Um, they do all the major industrial applications, including Cobots. And um, I just wanted to go over their Facebook ad strategy because they clearly are very committed on Facebook ads if you look at their library. And there's a couple instances where I wanted to just kind of tear down a little bit about what they do because um, you're going to see if you go to their Facebook ads library, they're really committed to video. I mean, I'm looking through all of their ads right now. Um, pretty much about 80 to 90% of them are video in some way, shape, or form. Um, so they really like they really like their audience to see what they do in action. So there's a couple different ones that I want to call out to. Um, if you're on Facebook ads where and you want to follow, go to the April 2021 ads. The ones are going to be the first row, middle, second row, far left, second row, far right. It's going to be like this one where um, the robot's like, looks like it's picking vegetables. The other one's going to be a case study. The other one's going to be one about their electric vehicle um, and how, how they service and automate the electric vehicle industry. Um, so MJ, I think what I, where do you want to start? Cause I think you looked at one and, and you, you found something interesting about it and I'll, uh, I'll kind of hand it to you and then I'll, I'll, I'll bring in my, my perspective on it as well. Cool. Yeah. Let's start with the product marketing ad. So okay. this is a video that they're putting in the feed that is targeted at electric vehicle manufacturers, kind of touting their expertise in helping electric vehicle manufacturers automate their processes. I love, first of all, that they're leaning so heavily into video. Yeah, We at Refine Labs spend about a million dollars a month uh, for our clients on Facebook and LinkedIn. And we're finding that video is super interesting as a format uh, because uh, if you... If you think about your objective as I want the person to consume as much of the content and, and consume as much of the message as possible, uh, then video is a great way to optimize for that. So yeah. I think that uh, they are doing a really great job of telling their whole story within the feed here. I think my only criticism of this ad is the first three seconds of the video, which is your most important time to capture the audience's attention, especially because we're on this awareness channel and people aren't actively seeking solutions. I think the first three seconds of this ad could have done a better job at drawing the viewer in. Yeah, I, that's, I have the exact same feeling on that. Uh, there's a couple things they do that are excellent. First off, I love the music overlay. It's kind of, it's snappy. It has pace. It has rhythm. It keeps me engaged as I watched it. I love the text overlays they have on it. Like they cut in, they cut out. Um, there are transitions and cutaways to different sort of aspects of electrical vehicle manufacturing, everything from like the, 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 the drives to the battery pack to the kind of like the carriage assembly and everything like that. They sort of cover all the major parts of the car that are unique to EV and how they service it. It's a really, really, really well done video ad. I also like the copy 
um, as well. Like future is electric, bam. And then they asked the question about Fanex, the global leader in vehicle manufacturing. I like the little emoji usage. Um, the uh, the headline headlines fine. Find out how Fanex is automating the electrical vehicle, um, the, the the electric vehicle manufacturing. I kind of wish that was a little bit more succinct. I think the headline could be a little bit more hitting, but it gets the point across. I don't really have you know it's it's not a it's not a bad headline at all in my opinion. I also love the landing page. So if you want to go to like the lander, which I also want to check out, um, the landing page is awesome. Like it is like a thorough, thorough breakdown of how Fanex serves the electric vehicle, um, like the electrical, the electric vehicle manufacturing industry, all the way from like cylindrical battery pack automation to stator and armature production. Um, they got a couple content pieces to leave you with. They have good video in there. Um, the images are really good. Um, it's just it's a really, really well done execution, in my opinion. Um, and I think it gets right to the point. I, I do think that they ask for a lot of information on their form. Um, and knowing the size of a company like Fanuc, they're a great candidate for using something like Clearbit or Metadata um, to help to help them sort of, you know, ease their um, ease how much information they need to ask for on that front end. But there's just so many good things about this ad me that I, I like a lot. Um, and overall, I just think it's, it's just really well done. Um, so the next one that I want to, I want to dive into MJ for me is going to be the case study. And so they have this case study. It's former, it's for an automotive manufacturer of some, of some sorts. It's like, uh, and this is, um, this is a really common problem. If you work, uh, if you weld or do any sort of manufacturing, uh, and like, like a job shop, essentially, and you have automation, so it's high mix, low volume. And so, if, if you if you work in if you work in manufacturing areas where high mix, low volume, basically what that means is you're creating a low volume of multiple different kinds of parts. And so, that's a lot of strain on your programming, and then also on your production line because your production line has to be flexible enough to fit all those different sorts of parts and pieces and, and components that you're manufacturing for the variety uh, of industries. And so there's a lot of like just-in-time manufacturing that you have to consider. And so Fanuc has this really nice, again, it's a video case study. Uh, I, I think it's the exact same thing that you said in regards to the electric vehicle, which is it takes eight seconds to get into the, the customer talking. And so I would I would just get there within the first few seconds of the customer. Uh, I think they also do something where if you go through this video and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it real quickly, um, have it on mute. But essentially, like it takes like they're going through the logo and then they literally go through like mod one pumps like they have this like um, they have this like cutaway screen that's like opaque and they're going through like all the different sort of fanic robot components and it's just like to me this isn't going to stop you as you kind of look at it. And so they literally take 24 seconds to get into the content in reality. And I think if they were to just get into the content really quickly and, you know, position that sort of the components that they're featuring in here, sort of more like as a, as an aside, or as like a, as something that like kind of slid in and slid out, um, it would be a better video. Cause like it shouldn't take 24 seconds for me to see the content. And then additionally, it takes 28 seconds for me to hear the customer talk in this two minute, 55 second video. Um, another thing about this particular ad that miffs me um, is the fact that I click through and my expectation is that I'm going to read the case study, right? 
I mean, that, that that's a fair assumption to make, right, MJ? Absolutely. Yeah. So you would, I would expect to like see this video and then I get to go read through it. It's like, okay, let me read through it. Let me get kind of the, um, let me get kind of the big sort of parts of, um, you know, what are, what were the challenges, you know, tension stakes impact. Let's go back to like, you know, our Joel Klecky podcast, um, and talk about like what challenges were they facing? How did Fanic help guide them through that? How did their solution get them to that greener pasture? And what it does instead, the landing page is a product page. It's a product page for like their robo drill, which is a fine page in, in, in actuality, but contextually, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as someone who's looking, watching a case study and then expecting to read through and get a little bit more detail behind that. And so to me, I think the intent of this overall is good. I think the concept is very good. I just think um, it's something that you're your uh, your boss Chris talks a lot about I think there's just a there's some there's some misses in execution here that could make this ad a lot better and more impactful especially for who they're trying to go after which is a lot of general fabrication people serving the auto the automotive industry where you know you're talking a lot about that that high mix low volume production yeah I totally agree and I think it sort of points to the fact that when you're running Facebook ads you only have the prospect's attention for a very short amount of time. And so you can really only achieve one goal. And what I would say is, is here Fanuc is trying to achieve two goals. They're trying to achieve case study consumption and uh, they're trying to get the prospect to take that next step and go look at the product page. If, as you suggest, they were just going for case study consumption, they'd still be able to have a CTA at the bottom of the case study that said, hey, go look at the product page. And some people would probably still click that and they'd still be able to retarget the people that visited the, the case study with like a product marketing execution the way that previous ad we just um, analyzed was done, right? So I think um, breaking up the two steps into two discrete steps would have been a more effective execution there. The only thing, the only other thing I want to point out is because they're trying to do two things at once, I think the copy in the ad is a little bit confusing and it doesn't prompt me to necessarily watch this case study video in the feed because the copy is all about the product page. It's yes. all about the landing page. And so like, if I'm just scrolling, I might not realize that this is a case study video and I might just be like, this is an ad. I'm going to keep scrolling. Yeah. The other thing is like they talk, the headline is watch the full case study. But when I think about that, I think about, well, maybe there's a longer case study when I go learn more. So the headline to me is a little misleading because I'm expecting to go into the lander um, and get like maybe instead of a three minute case study, like an eight minute case study with, you know, a detailed summary around it where I can read it as well. Instead, again, I go through and I get the product page. And so I do think there's a mismatch, as you said, in description, headline, creative, um, that if they tighten that up, plus with the landing page experience would make it really compelling. Exactly what you said, MJ. This is something for me where it's like, it's, it's a little content funnel almost on Facebook where you would run it, like run this, probably retarget off 50% watch and then go to the product page as a result. Yeah. And then you could, you could optimize that, that ad in the feed. That's a product marketing ad to be a product marketing ad instead of using a case study ad as a product marketing ad. Right. So, I mean, I guess for anyone here listening, who's looking at Facebook ads for themselves or even LinkedIn for that matter, like, you know, think a lot about your copy, your headline, creative and then also just obviously that landing page experience on the back end of it especially 
I mean, my assumption with Fanuc here is that they're optimizing for video views. That's why they're using videos. It's a first off, it's a more cost effective way to get your content out there, and you're respecting people's wishes to stay on the platform and consume content that way. But still, you have to have a URL redirect off of it. So you know, think think about what that that appropriate page is. In Fanuc's case, they would have probably been better off creating a dedicated page for the for this case study in question. Um, you know. Uh, I'd be really interested to see how the copy, um, how your objective with the copy changes based on the objective with the ad. So Fine Labs runs a ton of ads. And what we've found is when you're driving people to like a landing page, which has a piece of content, like let's say if this, this was linked to like an eight minute long case study, for example, the title of the link is the most important copy. So like underneath the image or the video, you'll have like kind of a bold title. And then underneath that, you'll have a subtitle. The bold title, that's the most important copy. If you get that right, you're most likely to drive a lot of people to the page. But I wonder if when your goal is consumption of the content in the feed, whether that copy actually above the video uh, where they're using emojis here is Mm -hmm. more important. That's a hypothesis. It's not substantiated by data, but I could see that playing out that way. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting, interesting thing to consider. Um, the last one that we wanted to talk about was kind of like a product marketing one where it's around um, just overall like automating. I'm going to play it really quickly. It's the same thing where they do the intro. Um, I do think they get a little better. I mean, they, they do the same thing where it takes like, you know, nine seconds to get into the content. It's a really cool video because the first thing you kind of see is like the robot. Um you know, picking up food, like literally off of it fine and stuff like that. I do like, and it's, it's a 30 second ad. So it's meant to be really fast and consumed really quickly on the, on the content. And then you get right into the let's talk automation. So this is in effect a bottom funnel ad because you're literally clicking through and you're going to a let's talk automation. It's, it's a quote page for all intents and purposes. I don't know if this is retargeting. I don't know if this is cold or not. Um, I do think that um, it's the the copy on the lander doesn't totally speak to maybe their their target market. It's a lot about them. Um, but I would say again on the creative side for them, again they do a really nice job with their cutaways. I think they really take advantage of their branding elements like the yellow. They really like lean into that. Um, I, I just think again like using the three seconds to sign of introduce the company before they get into that text about we help all industries be more productive, profitable, efficient. Um, and then getting into the, getting into actually the video of it picking a pepper, which I think is neat. I think they should just get right into like, we help companies be more X, Y, Z. Here's, here's the robot doing its thing. Um, and then for the page itself, I, I would like to see the the landing page, especially the copy be a little bit more, I guess, well-organized um and a little bit more customer facing and then again like i did think fanic fanic's a great candidate i know they do a lot a year in revenue they'd be a phenomenal candidate again to use like a uh like a uh, like a metadata or uh or, or a clear bit so they don't have to ask for one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve um form fields in order to submit something for their for their prospects so that overall is like my take on that one. Uh, I, I like the I like kind of the lander image, the banner image. Let's talk automation. It's exactly what they're about. But um, overall, this is a bottom funnel ad. It's pretty good. 
Um, I actually got small things that I would just recommend. I would I would recommend considering or maybe improving upon. For sure. I mean, uh, overall, I think the takeaway is they're doing relatively phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're, they're doing great. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, it's it sounds like I'm bashing Panic here, but like, I'm really not. Like, they do. They're doing this like a thousand times better than almost any other manufacturer. I can tell you for a fact. ABB does not do this. Motoman does not do this, and Kuka does not do this. So they're they're sitting alone out here on Facebook, just dominating content consumption amongst robotics engineers. Like they basically got a monopoly on it. Maybe maybe a company like UR was doing this too, but Fanuc's got to be killing it on these ads. If you think about the number of um, direct traffic or branded organic conversions they probably get. I mean, I think it's really cool that they're experimenting with multiple formats too. Like yeah. To be fair, like a lot of what a lot of what we're saying here in our dissection of these ads is speculation based on our experience. It could be that they're getting different data from from these different formats and and that's informing what they're gonna do in the future. So I think it's really smart to be testing multiple different formats this way and and I think it's super cool the way they're using video. I think they're ahead of uh, you know a lot of the competition, a lot of their direct competition, but the industry more broadly in that sense. Yeah, I mean they, they ran 14 ad variations alone in April. Like they're they they clearly have a plan and they're executing on it. Like you said, I'm speculating based on my experience running ads and kind of what I would look for in terms of content and what would draw my eye. Um, I have to assume they have a robust amount of targeting where they're probably layering either layering interest or they're layering job or it's job titles, or maybe they're using um, an advanced targeting tool in order to get even more granular than that. Um, the video lean in is great. They obviously have very good video production. Um, and I, you know, it, it's, I want to say like, I'm not bashing them at all. Going leaning into video for them probably is also very cost effective. I assume that they're kind of, they're kind of paying on the video view more than anything. And so they're looking for consumption on the platform. They're just doing a really good job. They got other stuff here around like cobots. They have other stuff around um, collaborative robots, uh, which is also cobots. They have, <laughs> they have like other things around service as well, um, which is more image based. That's most of their image stuff. They clearly were testing a different creatives here, but it's basically to get like genuine fanic parts and certify factory engineers, which I think is interesting um, because I know fanic is an interest you can target on Facebook. So uh, my guess is that they were targeting people like that just to, just to get a certified person and, and, and acquire that kind of revenue. But overall, Fanuc's killing it. I mean, this is this is just great stuff. I'm very happy to see an industrial player like Fanuc doing Facebook this aggressively. Um, and I think it's going to it, it, it probably has paid off for them and will probably continue to do so in the long run, especially when they're not really competing with their with their main competition on this platform from what I've noticed. Totally. All right. So one one bonus segment today. We're going to do our LinkedIn segment, uh, and and what I want to call out is I think a, a really interesting execution that's happening on on LinkedIn lately that I really only just took notice of in a big way this week, and that's the LinkedIn newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, the one I've been seeing for several weeks is Justin Welsh. He's got his newsletter. The one that I came across this week is from Adam. Schoenfeld, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He he started Siftrock and it got acquired by Drift, so now he works at Drift. Um, and his his newsletter is called Peer Signal, and the premise is a data driven newsletter that quantifies sales and marketing opinions. And he launched this this week. He he published his first installment of it, and he's already got over 2,500 subscribers with one Ooh, post. Look at that. 
And when you do the link, when you do a newsletter on LinkedIn, people get notified on LinkedIn every time you publish a new installment of the newsletter, which I think is cool. And then I also think it's cool that you can you can do some interesting stuff with formatting inside of LinkedIn Pulse. So, I mean, he's got, you know, H1, H2 headers in there. He's got um, graphics and polls and data embedded. Um, he's taking data from polls that he does using the LinkedIn poll feature on his personal profile um, to, to embed data into this newsletter. And I, I think it's particularly interesting because if you're emailing out a newsletter, um, it, oftentimes people are including external links to longer form content, whereas he's got like everything inside of LinkedIn here and you don't need to leave and you don't need to collect an email address. So interesting execution. Um, Matt, I'd be interested to see what your initial thoughts are on this LinkedIn newsletter format. So they've been they've been around for a little while. I think I remember Marcus Sheridan being one of the first people to get this, and I'm subscribed to his newsletter, and I get it. Like you said, when when they, he posts a newsletter, it appears right in your LinkedIn feed, just like just the same as if someone would like or comment on a post of yours. You also get an email in your Gmail or in your in your email account uh, when he posted. So when you publish, I mean, all all they're doing is publishing, and they get a lot of distribution. Um, including on email and then on platforms you spend time on. Um, there is a lot of flexibility because your newsletter basically reads out like a Pulse article. Uh, it's pretty shareable within the platform and invites a lot of conversation. I think if you have a really big audience and let's say email was is one of your primary means of content distribution, that this is a great expansion upon that using the LinkedIn newsletter, especially if you've acquired like a following on LinkedIn already. Um, and I'd be curious to see kind of how it grows. I'd be interested also to see if anyone's able to kind of grow their audience organically through their LinkedIn newsletter. I mean, the most, most of the people who I've seen launch it have been the Marcus Sheridan's, Justin Walsh's of the world who have tens of thousands of followers. And I'm wondering if someone would be able to kind of run it sort of like you would an email newsletter where you just kind of slowly build an audience over time, um, where you start small and then acquire more. I just kind of wonder what new what new subscriber acquisition looks like kind of in in that regard i assume it's just you're having to ship good content on linkedin keep acquiring followers and connections that way and then people just kind of stumble upon it that way um but honestly i i would probably never read justin welsh's newsletter if he emailed it to me whereas if i subscribed to it on linkedin i would probably find myself reading it when he published it yeah that's the thing i i feel like almost um the email channel for newsletters is saturated. Yeah. Even when I tell myself I'm going to read a newsletter, I don't. So this might be an interesting place where, you know, your prospects don't have that association quite there yet. Is, there is way less competition. I'm wondering if they'll open it up for like companies um, or also if you're someone who has a newsletter right now with a good following, I, this probably is a good way for you to, like I said, diversify your distribution. You know, if you're able to take your your email newsletter repurpose it for LinkedIn. Um, I think it would be, it would be pretty, I think it would be pretty interesting. Um, I may, I may mention it to Joe actually, now that I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. We're, we're inspiring, uh, already before we've even shipped the episode. Cool. Uh, I thought that was, I thought that was fun. Great idea on the Fanuc ads. So let's, uh, 
wrap it up for the folks. Yeah, let's wrap. Let's wrap. All right. You guys can catch the Industrial Marketing Show on all of the major podcasting platforms. That means Apple. That means Spotify. That means Google. They're the only ones that really matter. Um, please leave a review of the Industrial Marketing Show. Please leave us a written review, a five-star review. Tell us if our content's good. Tell us if it sucks. Um, contact MJ or myself if you want to be a guest or even better, if you have a topic idea because I love crowdsourcing topics and when I get them, uh, I certainly like to um, stretch myself and talk about them and study them up. So with that, my name is Matt. And I'm MJ. And this is the Industrial Marketing Show. Everyone, thank you so much for your time and your attention. Have a great rest of your day.